There you go. Yeah. So I guess then you, you probably are like a decaf coffee drinker then too, mm. or something like that. Let's not get ahead of ourselves there, Scott. Why would I? <laughs> Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Welcome. My guest today is Rami Nasser of From the Ground Up Socks. Thank you for making this happen and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. All right. Now that we got that out of the way. Okay. So how did you get started? Tell me your backstory about the your hiking company and the socks. Let's go from that. Yeah. So um, just a quick rundown. Uh, from the Ground Up is a Pacific Northwest-based outdoor brand. We create high-performance and stylish gear that gives back to protect our trails and public lands. Uh, so the idea for this brand really started after I was um, <clears throat> graduating from college. I was I was on a backpacking trip with a few friends of mine, three day trip throughout the North Cascades. Um, I packed the wrong pair of socks like a fool. Um, I was I think I was wearing wearing those like skinny like thin Nike socks uh, on a three day backpacking trip, which any any hiker out here is going to know like what a mistake that was. Um, yeah. So yeah, I definitely like blistered my feet when I was up there and uh, it was kind of embarrassing. I had to have my friends help me like down the mountain. Um, thankfully they, they complied. But when I got back, I, I started to do some research into like what really good hiking socks were. Uh, mm -hmm. So I found that this material is called Merino wool uh, is actually the best material you, you knew, that you can use in uh, a pair of hiking socks. So I was looking around, you know, we have like darn tough. We have smart wool. We have all these like major sock companies that are doing merino wool, but everything I found, I was just like, not really stoked on. Like it was very, um, uh, boring. They're kind of thick, itchy, kind of ugly. And I, I, I knew this about myself, but I was like the, the outdoor industry is booming. Right. And, uh, apparel is becoming more versatile. You can wear like a North face jacket on a, on a hike, or you can wear it just in the city. Uh, and so I noticed as, you know, younger generations like myself come in and start hiking, you know, we have about, I think there was about 12 million new hikers that were added in the last 10, 10 years across the nation. So it's, it's been an exponential growth of people getting outdoors. Um, <clears throat> so I figured, you know, everything's changing and becoming more versatile, but the things that remains relatively the same are just our socks. And they're arguably the most important piece of gear that you can have, uh, when you're out in the mountains. So, you know, I, I decided that, you know, being the Washington born kid that I am, you know, we, we've been blessed being around so many beautiful mountains and, and nature scenes here that I decided to, you know, throw on the, the mountains that I wrecked my feet on, on a pair of socks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I started out, I started out making the uh, design for the, the cascade range, um, hiking sock. Now I wanted the sock to be much more than just a sock. Like, you know, it's not just a, a good quality hiking sock but it has to do good it has to has to be a good overall holistic product uh so you know we built a relationship uh with washington trails association and sorry i always do this we speak me thing where i was like it's like we did this we did that i was like no it's all me it was just me <laughs> so i i reached out to uh to washington trails association and uh told them about this little business that i was starting up with these socks and i said hey i want to give you guys uh, a donation for every sock sold. Is it okay for me to use your name on my packaging? And uh, you know, usually when uh, somebody hears you want to give them money, they're like, "Yeah, okay, there, there's some wiggle room." Yeah. So, so we ended up 
doing a 5% donation. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of sourcing on the, of, of the material, uh, a lot of research and time spent um, figuring out, you know, what, what material is sustainable, what isn't going to harm the planet in its production. Uh, and so I ended up finding this sock factory out in North Carolina, who they just had such a wealth of information on like wool and different materials. And so we were able to work together to actually create a proprietary blend uh, that we now call our, our Incredible blend. Uh, and it's a blend of, of merino wool and uh, polypropylene. Polypropylene, for people who don't know, it's a synthetic, um, but it's an eco-friendly synthetic that uh, doesn't leach toxic chemicals during production. Uh, and it actually replicates the effects of merino wool. But it's the material that makes the sock incredibly breathable. Um, moisture wicking helps prevent blisters and uh, overall keeps the sock as a, uh, it's kind of like a temperature regulating. So you can wear it in the summertime, you can wear it in the winter, your foot will feel fine year round. So yeah. Wow. How did we get on this tangent already? I'm already talking about I don't the material. Know. We, we, went, we, went, we, we went down the rabbit hole, but that's cool. <laughs> Sorry about so that. My, no, you're good. My, my first question out of all of that is you, you made the statement that Marina wool is the best for socks. Yeah. Back that up. Why is merino wool considered the best material for socks? Yeah. I'm not trying to challenge you. I'm just asking <laughs> for details. No, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I've done a lot of research on merino wool. So, um, yeah, so merino wool, it's actually is uh, naturally antimicrobial and antibacterial. So it really helps in preventing, you know, foot fungi, um, wicking away moisture, and it retains your body sweat uh, without um, trapping it in there. So okay. there's a thing where people can, can like, people say this, but like you can step in a puddle of water with a merino wool sock on and it's not going to feel nearly as miserable as any other material. And that's kind of a good test. Um, I'm not recommending that everybody goes out and just stomps in puddles with their socks and they're like, this guy lied to us. My feet feel terrible. But that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the, like the idea behind it. So naturally antimicrobial, antibacterial, it's very sustainable. There's no harmful practices in collecting merino wool. It's kind of like you give a, a, a sheep a haircut, right? They need haircuts. They, they do. So what? So what's the difference between merino wool and wool? Yeah, the merino wool comes from a specific type of sheep. It's I guess it's the merino merino sheep. Okay, <laughs> you, you that's what I'm me. asking. You, you got me. <laughs> okay. But it is it is definitely a um, it's different sheep. It's a specific type of sheep. Okay. All right. So we've got these. Sustainable socks. Mm -hmm. you, you put the, the Cascade Mountain Range on the first the first design. Yep. Being made in North Carolina. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Now where are we at? What comes next? Yeah. So next, <laughs> next. Um, so pretty much what I did at that point was obviously I had my small sample size of socks. Um, and I, I just took them to uh, an event with Washington Trails Association. Uh, they were having this thing called a hikeathon, which is a it's a really cool um, thing in the month of August where you can uh, basically you log your miles on your hikes, and you can have people donate based off of how many miles you hike. And at the end of the month, they have a big gathering of people <clears throat> where they share their you know who who hiked the most miles during this month, how much money was raised, all that. So okay. they they gave me a tabling spot there, which is awesome because I got immediately put in front of the right audience. Um, and it was funny, man. Like I had, I had like my little foldout table and like a little like, you know, tote full of like these socks with some weird like uh, craft paper packaging on them. And I just stood there and I started like hawking them to like the <laughs> the people over there. <clears throat> people are like, "Who's this guy? Like, I have no idea. Why is he charging me like twenty plus dollars for a pair of socks?" And I was like, 
you're right. Why am I charging you $20 for a pair of socks? But, um, you know, after people started to feel the sock and they actually could tell, oh, this is actually a good quality sock, uh, mm-hmm. it justified the price because Merino wool is not cheap. You know, it's definitely a quality product, but it'll, it's built to last you for, for a long time, for years of use. So, yeah. And so, so, so these, I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting. I apologize. No, you're good. So, these are, these are long last. We, you kind of skipped over the long lasting component of them as well. So they're oh, yeah. great, to mention that. great, great. They're not going to, I'm not going to get a hole in it or anything like that right away. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually a good, a good test for that. We really tested the socks out to make sure that they were really good quality. Um, so I think it was like April of 2019. Uh, we got reached out to on Instagram by this girl. Her name was Julia Sheehan. And she was, uh, she reached out to me on Instagram because um, she was going to be hike, through hiking the Appalachian Trail over on the East coast, basically a 2200 mile stretch of trail spans from mm-hmm. uh, Georgia to Maine. She'd never gone hiking before. She'd never done any through hikes. Uh, so this is like totally like a, uh, first time for her as well. <clears throat> so I kind of felt a connection with her. Cause I was like, we're both very new in what we're doing. Um, but she asked if we could throw her a couple pairs of socks and she'll go up and down the trail and say, tell, talk to people about her stuff. And I was like, yeah, sure. Here's, here's a couple pairs of socks. Like, let's see what happens. And she just blew me away with like how how much value she added to the brand. It's like I don't think that we'd actually be who we are without the story of Julia. And uh, so she wore our socks, but the entire time, all the way up and down that uh, Appalachian Trail. And she was taking photos in there, and she was like vlogging, and she was like recording her trip. And I saw her following go on Instagram from like two thousand. Uh, to like 18,000 by the end of her trip. And I mean, she was sending us photos. And so we were like, we started a whole campaign called Where's Julia? And we kind of give some people, <laughs> yeah, we give some people some updates. We're like, hey, she's over here doing this, like this many miles logged on our socks. And I think it was like a six month hike. By the end of it, um, you know, obviously the socks that we'd sent her, the initial pairs that we'd sent her, we're still there. Like they're still intact. They worked out perfectly. So she, she started to only wear our brand. You know, I asked if she would do like a review video for us. And, uh, she did this amazing, like four minute review video for me. Um, talking about the quality of the sock, uh, how much she loves them, like the give back aspect. And now when you go and look at our packaging, we have a little QR code on the back and it's, uh, it says like, durable for over 2000 miles. And then you can read the story of Julia on there. And that's, that's what we have selling now when we're, we're, we're sold to a bunch of locations across Washington. Um, you can actually QR the, the story back there. You can see the, uh, the, uh, review video. Um, so really she, she did kind of put our socks on the map. Um, so that's, wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. All sorts of questions come to mind, but let's <laughs> no, start with, since you just said you can be found in stores around Washington, um, give us, give us an example where, where can people in the state find you? Yeah. So we're available at every PCC across Washington. Um, PCC. PCC. Yeah. PCC. Like, I'm going to go buy my groceries and pick up some socks. You got it. That's exactly. Sick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they have a health and wellness section. Uh, so yes, in that, that's true. Yeah. I walked through one day and they had darn tough socks and I was like, that's not right. So, uh, <laughs> so we went in and I basically, uh, we, we got a deal signed with them. Uh, I think it was right in time for the holiday season. Uh, okay. they just blew us away with how much, how many sales they made, uh, over the holidays. It was, it was great. Um, so we're at every PCC, there's 15 across Washington state. Um, we're also in a bunch of small retail shops across Washington or Seattle. So, um, if you go to, uh, the sock monster over in Wallingford or Ascent outdoors in Ballard, you can find us there. 
Uh, we're at Gre every Greg Cycle Shop, uh, Super Jock and Jill, the running shoe store. And then if you're over on the peninsula, you can find us over at this cute little outdoor shop called Moss Angeles. Uh, Moss. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's over in Port Angeles. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything over in Eastern Washington at this time? Not at this time. Not at this time. Um, but, you know, we're always trying to expand more shops carrying us. So if anybody listening mm -hmm. to the podcast has an idea, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram. And I definitely would get would love to get in touch. All right. So we started off, let's say, with one sock design. Yep. And I'm on your website. I see more than one design. Mm -hmm. So what's your design process? Where do you get your inspiration and... Yeah. Tell us, walk us through that. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, obviously we started out with the one design, um, the cascade range, and then slowly over time, you know, started wanting to get more designs in. So we got our evergreen state design, which is basically just evergreen trees on our forest green body sock. And then we had our Mount Pilchuck sock, which is a, it's a mountain that's close and close to my hometown, Lake Stevens. Um, and it was the mountain that I grew up hiking on, but there's a little lookout tower up there. So we threw some lookout tower socks there. Um, so those are the next two designs that I created. I uh, sold those at a bunch of farmer's markets, sold them through our website, um, and then just slowly started to introduce more and more designs. So, you know, I wanted to hit all the major volcanoes here in Washington. So we got our Mount Rainier sock. We got our Mount Baker sock. Uh, we just brought in the Olympic design. So we have the Olympic mountain range now. Um, I just did Glacier Peak, Mount Adams, and Mount St. Helens. And, uh, and, oh, and we did a, a pair of compression socks as well. Cause why not? So, well, how did you, okay. So how'd you do the compression socks? Because that's a little bit different. You know, there's some technology involved there. Yeah. What was the process that you did on the compression socks? Yeah, totally. So the sock mill that we work with, um, they do a bunch of different socks, right? So they have all sorts of, they have all sorts of areas of expertise. Um, but compression socks are something that I definitely wanted to bring in just because I know the, the, the health benefits of having them, um, promoting the blood flow, helping to pre prevent blood clots. Um, but specifically for me, I'm a big outdoor skier. Like I love downhill skiing. It's like my favorite sport. Um, every single pair of socks that I wore in my boots, they would bench bunch up. They would like blister my shins. Uh, so, you know, I knew that there were a couple of major brands out there doing compression wool ski socks, um, but they were selling for like 50, $60. And so, yeah, I know I was like, okay, money, money time. All right. <laughs> but I didn't want to do that. I, I, I wanted to make it more accessible for more people so that more people could reap the benefits of compression socks. So we worked with our factory down there to get a pair of our socks. We call them the front runners. Um, they're, I think they're about $35 a pair, but they're an all black sleek sock option. Um, same level, same like incredible material, um, goes up to the knee, helps prevent blood flow or uh, prevent blood clots from happening. Um, but for me specifically, it really does help with my performance on the mountain. And the fact that they're so skin tight on my leg, um, it doesn't feel like it's constricting my leg at all. Actually, it feels like it's supporting for sure, but I can tighten my boots way more now, uh, because of that thin okay. material and it just adds to my performance on the mountain. So, you know, what used to be like a, like a, you know, eight to noon day and then go get beers at, at the lodge turned out to be like an eight to five day. So I'd be skiing all day. I'd feel great afterwards. Um, they're my go-to ski socks. I absolutely love wearing them. I highly recommend people try out compression wool socks. Awesome. Yeah. You've got some, you know, face masks and t-shirts. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. How, 
you know, unfortunately I'll ask the question, how are the masks doing? I mean, I, given the last year has been interesting for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the masks, I created the masks out of the need for them. So I, I wasn't initially starting out my business thinking, oh, I want to make face masks and it's going to be great. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of us expected this this much to be happening. So, um, but, you know, we did, I was I was fortunate enough to find a supplier who was manufacturing face masks. And I figured, you know, we, we put that Pacific Northwest twist on it as well, while still helping mm-hmm. to protect people and, um, you know, have people, you know, wear masks. But we actually started out, I started out creating the uh, Mount St. Helens topo mask. So it's a topographic design of Mount, sorry, it's topographic design of Mount St. Helens. Um, and it's, uh, it was, I actually did it because it was coming up on the 40th year anniversary of the eruption, which was on like May 18th, I believe. So yeah, got those face masks in, started selling them at a farmer's market, sold out instantly. Um, and then just, you know, decided to say, screw it. Let's get all the topo maps of the mountains here. So we have a Mount Baker topo map. We got our Mount Rainier topo. And we also have our Evergreen State topo mask. And super high quality. They go, they wrap behind your head instead of behind your ear. So it doesn't pull on your ear all day. And we use a mm-hmm. double layer of Lycra. So it's very breathable, very comfortable. It doesn't feel um, constrictive, uh, which is which is really good. A lot of people actually enjoy that feature. And it's got a lot of coverage. Like it covers uh, like most of your face, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we started selling those. Um, PCC picked those up too. So that did really well for us. And then now we're doing a buy two, get two free bundle online on our website. That's live. We just actually launched that this week. Um, so it's definitely been good. I, I hope that we're going to be done wearing masks soon as I'm sure everybody else is. Um, fingers crossed, <laughs> yep. fingers crossed. But, uh, until then, you know, we got masks. So. All right. Yeah. So what's next? Is there something next for you? What's, uh, you know, you're from the ground up, so I guess we can go upwards. Uh, yeah. So what else you got? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as you saw on the website, we do have pocket t-shirts. Um, actually I'm sporting right now, one of our newest products, it's not on the website yet, but it's our Marina wool beanies. Uh, so again, super high quality merino wool. Uh, it's got a little patch on there that says protect our trails. They're very stylish, um, very, very comfortable beanies that I'm wearing. And we have six color options coming in soon. Um, but you know, as the spring summertime starts to roll around, you know, we're going to be getting into lower cut socks, um, socks that are more suitable for runners, um, corner crew socks, no show socks, uh, all oh, of that. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like super quality socks for people um, in any sport. Cause that's the main, one of the main things of feedback that I've gotten from people is, you know, do I have socks of different height? Uh, all my socks are basically like seven inch crew socks. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we want to bring in those quarter crew socks for the summertime. People with uh, the larger calves, they tend to like those ones a lot better. Um, and then also the the running socks with like the little tabs on the back of them. We're going to be using some good quality. We'll either use our incredible material for that or, you know, I have access to uh, to making them out of recycled plastic water bottles and they're very breathable socks as well. So kind of adds, I know it's, it's, it's strange what you can do. It's called, that seems, that seems strange to me. It but, is. Okay. I know. So the yarn itself, it's good. yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good for the planet. It's actually a really high quality material. It's called reprieve yarn. So it's basically mm-hmm. just like upcycled, um, but it's still super quality and very breathable sock. Excellent for people who are, who are running. Um, so yeah, we're definitely going to be getting into some more spring, summertime apparel. 
Will those be themed like mountains as well? Or are you going to, uh, how are you going to brand those? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we basically have our little logo on the foot. Um, we'll do something fun on there. I don't want to divulge too much because okay. it's more of a surprise, right. but, but, uh, <laughs> you didn't hear it here, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it'll be, I think it'll, it'll be great. I think people are going to really enjoy them. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So let's get away from your business for a second, but let's, let's keep it in Washington state. Sure. So when you're not, when you're not out peddling socks, what do you do for fun and excitement besides downhill skiing, which you've already discussed? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when I'm not, you know, if I'm not peddling socks or skiing, um, I'm out usually hiking. Uh, I'll go, I'll, I love doing some hikes around Washington. There's so much beauty, beauty to go see. Also a big, big fan of road trips. Um, so I'll try and, uh, you know, take a trip out east, uh, maybe go over to like Idaho, Montana, spend some time out there. Um, <clears throat> most recently I've been kind of obsessed with, uh, you know, Arizona, Utah, those more Western Southern States that I, you mm-hmm. know, you never really think about them, but, but they are very, very beautiful. So I'm trying to do a lot more yeah. sightseeing that way. Yeah. Okay. So where's your favorite place to go skiing in Washington? Yeah. Good question. So, um, you know, it used to be Stevens pass. I loved going okay. to Stevens, uh, growing up because it's, it was my home mountain, but I mean, right. during the most recent acquisition from Vail, uh, they've, it's really just become packed with people and it's, you know, if you're going on, a oh. yeah, it's bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. It's real packed. I mean, it's good, good for the mountain and all that, but it is not enjoyable if you're skiing. So now we got a, we got a new mountain that I like to go to. It's a little further up North. I like to go over to, uh, to Mount Baker. Uh, mm-hmm. Mount Baker's become one of my favorite mountains to go skiing on now. Uh, the snow is awesome. It's just a beautiful drive up there in general. And I just, I personally love the North Cascades myself. I think it's one of the most beautiful areas in Washington. So, um, you know, the views are just next level, super fun. So I love skiing Baker. Have you ever gone over to a uh, loop loop and skied up there at the bowl? No. Up in Okanagan? Oh no. Yeah. No. Is that, is that good? I don't know. Out. I don't ski. No. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's great. It's the best. No, I don't know. I've never been. I, I tried skiing once back in the day when, you know, just skiing and I did not get along. So I understand. Yeah. I do know that, you know, Baker, oh, not Baker, um, Mission Ridge just opened their new, their new lift. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. I heard about it's that. Supposed to, it's supposed to be quite, quite cool, but yeah. And that's just up the road from us, but I, no, I don't. I, I understand. Actually, I don't know if you can see this right now, but I, uh, I got a boot on, I did, oh. had a nice little tumble, had a nice little tumble, uh, over on Schweitzer over in Idaho. I know it's very fashionable. fashionable. Um, yeah. So, so figured out, I, I just fractured my fibula. Um, so my season's done. <laughs> okay. And so that's going to yeah. impair some hiking too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll be healed in about, you know, four to six weeks, but, um, yeah, definitely. It was, it was, you know, slipped on a patch of ice and so it took a nice tumble down the mountain. So, um, thought it was just a muscle strain at first, but I, I, been walking on it for like two weeks now and it's just been like hurting a lot so i went to the to the clinic walk-in clinic and they're like oh yeah it's hurting because it's fractured so i'm like oh okay Perfect. i guess that's that so <laughs> got a nice boot so how about hiking where's where's a where's a hike that is maybe well i don't want you to give away like the you know like your secret you know you don't want it to turn out to be like steven's right but <laughs> what's what's something that's off the the beaten path if you will that's that's a great hike in washington yeah. Let's think about this one. You know, I, I just did for the first time, I just did Oyster Dome up north in Bellingham. Um, mm-hmm. 
beautiful hike. Beautiful hike. I think it's like maybe three, four miles up. Um, but you got some insane views of the sound. Um, it's just such a nice, peaceful area up in Bellingham. I'm also a big, big brewery guy myself. I love my, I love a good beer. So, um, you know, getting back from the, those hikes and just going to a nice local brewery in Bellingham. Just, I love it. If I, if I had any place in Washington where I'd spend the rest of my life, it'd definitely be Bellingham. Love that place. Okay. So tell, tell me more about that. Yeah. What is it? What's about Bellingham that you like and that you're making that statement? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bold statement. I know. Um, yeah, yeah. well, I just love Bellingham in general. I mean, this is a small town aspect to it. It's, it's very, very nice town to be in a lot of microbreweries, which is what I love going to. Um, but there's also just so much access to the, to the, uh, to nature. You have, uh, you can go skiing at Mount Baker. You can go hiking at Oyster Dome. You can go, you know, you're a rock throw away from Vancouver whenever we can go back there. I love Canada. Right. Love Canada. I'm actually a Canadian citizen myself too. So, um, I love, I love going to Vancouver, seeing my family over there. Uh, and it's just, you know, I, I just kind of, I just like the the chill vibes of the whole town. I'm about it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Be- Bellingham's great. I was just, it's just, yeah. That's a pretty, that was a bold statement. Yeah, I, had to I, know, it I have to, well, there it is. <laughs> so, so put you on the spot about Bellingham still, you're not done yet. Mm. Um, brewery, what brewery? Pick one. Aslan. Got, why? Why not? It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got a uh, great food. They got great beers started by like two local guys as well. So, I mean, Overall speaking, I, I'm a big fan of the uh, of a successful entrepreneurial story, and Aslan is definitely that. So, okay, yeah. What type of beers do you tend to go for? I'm more of a pale ale kind of guy. Um, okay. I, I dabble with the hazy IPAs. My girlfriend, she's much more into like the piney IPAs, the the hoppier ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to joke around. She kind of like enjoys drinking motor oil. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's okay. She calls me a floral kind of guy. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's our dynamic. So there you go. Yeah. So I guess then you, you probably are like a decaf coffee drinker then too mm. or something like that. Let's not get ahead of ourselves there, Scott. Why would I? <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Sorry, I, couldn't, no. I couldn't take that. I had to take that. Are shot. you an yeah. IPA guy? No, I, I'm not. Oh. I First off, I don't know what happened at some point in the last few years. I went from like, I'd go have a beer and it would wake up the next day after one beer feeling like I had 12 too many. And it's like, it doesn't agree with me anymore. And I love beer, Damn. but I yeah. kind of like porters and stouts. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I want to put, I want to be able to put my fork in it and it stands up straight, you know? And, <laughs> and, and, and I, so that's kind of my, what was what yeah. I liked. Yeah. Um, but I've, uh, kind of, kind of moved into, um, Ciders, mm, nice. they don't, they don't, they don't hurt like beers do. Oh, that's and brutal. So, yeah. It, it's just, you know, so anyways, what's your, uh, just, what's your go-to cider right now? Ooh, I have been drinking, uh, the new England Amber by Locust, ooh. um, cider. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, they're cool. They're, they're, I like what they're doing as a company mm-hmm. and their new England Amber kind of winter cider is, is delicious. Nice. So that's, that's my go-to. Thanks. Thanks for putting me on the spot. I had to look. Like, of course. <laughs> this is my show. It's I only fair, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, I teased you about decaf, but how about coffee? Love coffee. Love it. All right. Well, you're, you're living in Seattle, so there's no choices to be had. No. No, exactly. So. Yeah. If you don't like coffee and you live in Seattle, you should probably 
figure mm-hmm. out something else. Move to Bellingham. Yeah, move to Bellingham. <laughs> go to England and drink some tea. There you go, drink tea. <laughs> the weather's the same. You'll fit right Actually, you know what? Um, if you're in Seattle, you might be a Yerba Mate fan too. Oh, that's true. That's true. I'm all about that's, it. That's I'm point. all about Yerba, but coffee's my go-to. Okay. Well, it's, my, it's my first love. So where's a great place in the Seattle area that you like to go for coffee? Yeah, I have so many spots. I'm going to give you my top two. Okay. Uh, so there is a coffee shop over in Green Lake. It's called Retreat. Okay. Yep. It's a little bougier, a little more millennial, uh, which is what it's okay. decided to do. But like, it's uh, definitely, they got you some good coffee there. They have amazing food. Um, they got like, I mean, the classic millennial meal was like avocado toast and like a Americano. So right. you know, I was spending way too much money on, on avocado toast. That's what I do. Okay. Um, okay. But that's a great one. And then there's also one over in um, Lower Queen Anne. I love going to it. It's very European, but it's called La Marzocco. Um, mm-hmm. And it's in the KEXP building. You been? Uh, yeah. And that's the manufacturer uh, of the espresso machines. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. got it. Yeah. So I love going to those two. Um, smaller, okay. smaller shops, just to plug the smaller shops in, in Seattle, because sure. I totally believe in them. Uh, there was one that was just around the corner from my house. Uh, over in mm-hmm. in Ballard, it's called uh, Cafe Bambino. Okay. Yep, and they're Lower Finney Ridge, um, kind of a, a few blocks away from the Goodwill in Ballard, but they've been around since I mean the early 1900s, and they make a mean coffee. Big fan of them. Big fan of them. And then um, <clears throat> there's another one that has amazing pastries over on Finney Ridge. It's called Celine, uh, and it's owned mm-hmm. by yeah, it's owned by it's owned by this nice couple. I think they're they're. Um, I don't know. They're, they're definitely immigrants, which is awesome. So they bring in a lot of like fresh, delicious, like pure European pastries, coffee, all that. It's, it's phenomenal. So, you know, we've already proven that you're a IPA drinker. So what type of coffee? Do you drink? <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how do you order? What order do you order when you're drinking coffee? Yes. 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 So, I mean, I can, I can range. I'm a, I'm a, I'm like a, I have many, many different, um, interests okay. in my coffee, but, um, there's certain times that they will have certain coffees. So standard coffee I'll have usually it's just a, a standard drip kind of boring. Um, but no. does the job, does the job and it's good. It does. It's good. Uh, definitely a fan of the French press coffee though. Okay. French press is okay. my go-to. Um, when I need something that's a little stronger, I need like that kick. I usually go for like, uh, like an Americano. Um, mm-hmm. but the one that really gets me going are those cold brews, nitro cold brews. It's like a slap of caffeine to the face. So if I have a lot of stuff, I got to get done, get my little to-do list going and I slam back some cold brew and I'm like, Pfft. next thing I know it's five 30 and I missed a podcast episode. So <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't get it I, was, it, I was 18 minutes late to this episode. So. That's awesome. <laughs> no, Nitro Cold Brew. There's some. Um, yes, I'm a I am a big fan yeah. of Nitro yeah, Cold Brew. Big big fan. That's, that's so underrated. Um, and I'm yeah trying to talk the wife into letting me have a Nitro kit at home. For coffee. <laughs> 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 Haven't gotten there yet. Maybe 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 hey, this episode. It, yeah, honestly, it. this can this can change it. So, um, yeah, weekends when I'm like laying back or I want to treat myself, it's a vanilla latte. No question about okay. it. With oat milk, because I'm also a millennial. That's how we do it. And uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> for those who can't see the screen, Scott's 
no one's going to see off. the screen. Yeah, Scott's <laughs> laughing his ass off, his ass off that right now. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So oat milk, oat milk. It's it's the future, man. It's so good. I know it's just like it's just, it's just like water and like oats mixed together, but it's so good. <laughs> but I'm telling you, Scott, those are my fancy days. Those are my weekends. Okay. We're entitled to I, weekend drinks. <laughs> you are. You are. Oh, what about? So I always, I you know this seems to be my go-to question lately is asking people about lunch spots. We've mm-hmm. already talked about avocado toast, but <laughs> where's some place in the area that maybe a little off, like I keep saying the off the beaten path, but where do you go for, where's a cool spot for lunch? Oh man. I'm going to have to run through my uh, lunch list here. You want more millennial stuff. I'm going to have to run through my Uber eats list. See what's up. um man okay i'm a huge fan of of thai food like thai food's my be all end all like if i'm having a bad day thai is the way um there's a spot it's over near it's like in inner bay area it's called tuk 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 thai (laughs) man that stuff is good i usually i get the uh the chicken pad cu and uh sometimes a little pad thai Sometimes I get this crispy chicken dish. It's so good. Um, but it's it's lovely. Owned by a lovely couple again. Um, Tuck Tuck Thai. It's over in like Magnolia, Inner Bay area, across the street from the Pagliacci's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I love. Yeah, I think out of all my Uber Eats thing, you know, whenever my girlfriend and I are trying to figure out what to eat, it's always Tuck Tuck. That's like the fallback. So, that's the fallback. That's the fallback. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Okay. She's gonna, so we've covered your food. She's going to laugh so drink. hard when she hears this episode. That's, <laughs> called that's around, half the fun of it, a few right? times you know? on this thing, so. Yeah, that's <laughs> half the fun of it. You know, it's like getting to know people from a little bit different angle. You know, there's more more to you than your business. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with business because there's not because yeah. I'm all for it too. But there's there's always kind of like finding out more about the people and what they're doing. is It's always fun. Definitely. So speaking of fun, I always like to ask you. You must have had an epic failure in your business business career, something that you thought was going to be, you know, brilliant and it failed mm-hmm. or maybe not, maybe not. But uh, what, what lesson have you learned? Is there, has there been a like, Hey, this would be a great idea. And then it just didn't work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I was in college and, uh, you know, when you're in college, you have this like weird arrogance about you where you think you know everything because you've taken like five or six classes and you're like, I'm suddenly the expert on everything. And <laughs> so I, I had this like weird air about me where I was just like, oh man, I want to create the next like social media app that's going to blow up and take off and it's going to be my life. And, uh, oh man, I was so convinced this was going to work. So convinced. So it was this like social media app was called, uh, we were going to call it tribe. And it was, uh, basically it was like a, an app kind of like, kind of like Tinder, kind of like friends.com where it's like, Mm -hmm. you could meet new people in the city, um, who have similar interests as you, um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can connect with them, go out and do stuff. And you basically fill out like a kind of like a profile about what you like. Um, so you go in and you like basically fill this information out. You can connect with the locals. You know, it, it would have been great for people who are moving to the city and don't know anybody. Uh, right. So I, I mean, again, I think it was like my junior year of college. I was like 20, 21. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, this is going to be the next big thing. Like, I know exactly what I'm doing. And as I started like going in, I think I spent more time kind of creating the name and the concept versus like actually doing the work to get it done. Um, but I realized, you know, I was a kid and I had, I had like a, I had like an entrepreneurship degree with like a calm calm focus and like sales, but I had zero technical coding experience. I had like no idea what the hell is supposed to like be an app and how to, how to do that. And, uh, and so I thought to myself, Oh, it's fine. If I don't know this, I'll just find somebody who knows it. And so I'd like connected with like some people over in like the informa- informatics program over at UW. And I was like, you guys want to start this app with me? And they're like, Oh yeah, totally. And <laughs> first meeting we got in there, I was like, okay, here are like the mock-ups of like what we should have, blah, blah, blah code it and they looked at me like what you want me to what <laughs> you don't do you understand like the intricacies that come behind like starting an app or like actually like um, um creating it or updating it and i sent i spent like probably you know like five six days a week trying to figure out and wrap my head around like the art of coding and i was like i don't know what the fuck's going on here i don't, I don't know any of this stuff <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? I've told so many people that I'm going to start this app and I don't even know how to start. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I probably went through like, uh, like five or six months of me just being super hyped on this like app idea. And turns out I didn't even know how to freaking code or or, or create an app. And, uh, you know, shortly after that, like, I think the, my, my like best coder, like was like, yeah, I got a job somewhere else. I'm going to go and do that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) I don't know anything anymore. So, uh, massive failure, massive failure, um, tribe. It's supposed to be, but you must have learned something from it. Oh, besides yeah. Besides that, you don't know how to code. Because <laughs> neither do yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, totally. You know, yeah, you know. I did learn a lot from it actually. So you know, as a 20, 21 year old, like I learned really how to like, um, you know, have ideas for things, plan them out, figure out like what we want things to look like, um, figure out how to like you know work together on a team and like recruit and interview people, uh, and then really work collaboratively to build something. And I actually took that lesson that I learned of like sketching all these mock-ups and trying to make things look pretty and all that. And I applied it to actually making my website for from the ground up. Like I now know, okay, this is exactly what I want the website to look like. Here's how we can do it. Thank God there is a thing called Shopify, which is like such an easy to use platform if you want to start a website because you don't have to know how to code to do it. And, and you can really make things, you can really focus on like the aesthetics of things. Um, so, so definitely, uh, learned a lot from trying and failing with this, uh, social media idea I had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's actually a great story. I mean, I, I'm not going to share you my college arrogant idea because <laughs> it was a long time no, ago. No, 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 you should, yeah. you should. <laughs> I think the listeners want to know. Actually, actually, so here's, here's the idea I had in college was I was doing an internship at a real estate brokerage. Now this is back before the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you look at houses now, you know, there's a word that, you know, we, it starts with the Z and ends with the W and we all know exactly that's where everybody goes. Yep. Right. But real estate agents back then would use this mimeographed book and be flipping through pages to look for houses. And this office that I was working had an old, and you can look it up to see how old it is, an old Osborne portable computer. And by portable, that's the size of a sewing machine and it weighed 20 pounds. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it's not it had a little four-inch <laughs> four screen. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if somebody could go here and, and just type in, they want looking for a three-bedroom, two-bath house. <laughs> so I was taking a database programming class in college and kind of like you, I realized really 
quickly. I didn't know how to code, even though I was in the database programming class. Yeah. And so yeah, it fell nowhere. And so it's lovely. It's, but somebody's made a lot of money off of that idea. Somebody, you know, yeah, I can't claim it was mine, somebody but, probably made a lot of money off of Tribe. Like they probably took it and ran. Yeah. So what? Well, yeah, I think that's a great concept, actually. Yeah. So yeah, you know, really had. So, yeah. But yeah. no, I, I, I get it. Like, you know, we learn things quickly about ourselves and we realize like, ah, oh, this isn't really worth my time. So <laughs> code coding is yeah, no like, ones and zeros are mm, ones and zeros are hard. Nah, nah, like, I, yeah. I, I, I'm totally enamored with people who can figure that stuff out and I'm grateful for them, but I am not one of them. Nope. Me neither. Me neither. So <laughs> that we both know that about ourselves so, though. Right. So what, you know, let me ask you this question. We'll kind of, we'll begin to wrap this up. So like five years from now, where do you think from the ground up is going to be? I mean, what do you got? You got a you got a five year plan? I don't even have a five year plan. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it's true. I, I I don't necessarily have a five year plan. Um, I just don't know where things could be in five years. Um, but I do know well, people yeah. still have feet. This is true. This is very true. So um, mm-hmm. that you know, people are always going to have feet. Um, I, I the way I kind of go about with my business, and and maybe this isn't the wisest way to do it, is I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Um, mm-hmm. you know, an idea hits me one day and I'm like, Oh man, that's a really cool idea. I should definitely explore that. And then I'll try it and I'll fail or I'll learn and I'll, it'll succeed. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we kind of take it from there. Um, I know for a fact that, you know, I want to continue to grow the brand. I want to continue to, um, introduce new product. I want to get us into mm-hmm. more and more wholesale and retail locations. Um, I want to continue to grow our presence and our community online. And I want to continue to give back to the environment and to, um, to the trails. So, yeah. So let's, let's circle back. So I kind of overlooked that. Um, so 5% of every purchase is donated to the Washington trails association. Mm -hmm. I may be the only person that won't know the answer to this question that's listening, but so what? (laughs) Tell us a little bit about the Washington trails association. Let's, I, I knew yeah, I know. Help us out. <laughs> Can't own a, an account called Explore Washington State, not know WTA. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so Washington Trails Association. Uh, they're the local nonprofit here in Washington State, and they focus on the education, maintenance, and preservation of our trails and public lands. So you know, we have 3,500 wa- trails here in Washington State. Um, you know, more and more hikers getting out there. They're really about educating. Um, new hikers on, um, you know, hiking etiquette, getting them outdoors, letting them experience the beauty of our state has to offer. Um, so, you know, they also, they also host, host like uh, trail work parties where you can go and, uh, you know, maintain a trail or update something. Um, and it's really a cool uh, way to kind of give back to, to our trails. Uh, so, you know, with a, with a nonprofit doing the work that they're doing, um, they're also the champions in, in, um, you know, getting legislate legislator to pass um, in Washington state government to help protect and preserve the environment as well. So, you know, I love supporting a nonprofit like them. I believe that, you know, if you are a hiker, you should be giving back to the trails. So, you know, why not, you know, if you're going to be wearing a pair of hiking socks, they may as well give back to the trails that you hike on. So, yeah. yeah. So that's why I love working with WTA. You know, we've had a really good working relationship for the last two years and each year we start to see a bigger and bigger donation for them. And I think that's really, um, it's really a testimony to how much people actually want to give back to the environment. And it really does keep me motivated to keep doing what I do. Um, so yeah, I, you know, 
I think this last year we just donated about $3,500 to the trails association. Um, you know, this year I have a, a more lofty goal. I want to be able to donate about $10,000 to the WTA. Um, so, you know, hopefully getting on podcasts like this, um, introducing us to more, you know, wholesale locations, um, even doing the custom designs. I do a lot of custom designs for companies, for people, uh, whether it's you want to make a beanie or a t-shirt or a sticker or socks or whatever, I can help you out with those. I still donate 5% of those profits to WTA. So there's a lot of avenues for me to give back. Um, and I want to continue to give back as much as I can. So that's definitely uh, a big goal of mine. And, um, you know, if we can hit 10 K by the end of this year, I'll call it a success. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. Anything else that we didn't cover? To, is there a question I didn't ask you that you want, you know, you know, what did I miss? <laughs> or did? No, you know, I, I can't think of anything. I think we kind of covered all the bases. Um, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I appreciate being on the, on that podcast here. I think you're doing what you're doing is an awesome thing. And I love, uh, you know, getting to connect with more and more people who are obsessed with the outdoors as, as you are. And I think that, yeah. Well, the, that's, that's, you know, I must, must confess that is a complete misnomer. I am obsessed with sitting in front of my computer screen. It's the other people on the team that are the outdoors <laughs> folks. I literally, guys, I, I'm I'm the guy behind a computer screen. Well, somebody has to do um, it, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, somebody has to. But, yeah. Um, no, a lot of people on the team are 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 hikers and 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 totally like you said are into the outdoors, and I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate yeah. it. But, um, <clears throat> I'd have to be helped off a hike if it were, had any elevation. Um, my driveway is more of a hike. I'm sharing way too much. Um, that all being said, uh, where can people find you online? Why don't you go ahead and tell them where's the great places to find you? Yeah. So we're on Instagram. Our handle is FTGU socks. And that's basically just the from the ground up acronym. Um, so you can find us on Instagram. Uh, you can come to our website. It's FTGUsocks.com. Uh, we have a newsletter that you can subscribe to where every Friday we give you a, a new trail that you can go and explore. Um, we also offer you, oh, yeah, cool. we also offer you like discounts and early access to new merchandise dropping. Uh, so it's a really great newsletter. Join that and you can kind of stay in touch with what we're up to. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you can find us on Facebook at FTGU socks. And there we are. And, uh, yeah, if you're in the Washington area, you need to pick up some socks or some face masks. Go to one of our retail partners. Um, you know, PCC is an awesome one. We'd love to continue to, to uh, prove ourselves in 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 sales for them, so that way they can keep carrying us and keep our momentum going. Uh, so go support. Go pick it up over at PCC. You can meet us at any of the local farmers markets. We're always at the Fremont Sunday Market over in Seattle. Uh, we'll be doing the Lake Stevens Market up north as well, starting in June. Um, and yeah, you can also order directly off of our website, and we do delivery. So yeah. On Uber Eats? That's right. Uber Eats, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thanks for making this happen. Really appreciate your time and uh, all the best. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.